Hello and welcome to the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee. Amy Donaldson out this week. Uh, today we're joined by author and social activist Darlene McDonald and University of Utah so- social psychology professor Dr. Paul White. And I wanted to chat today about something that happened this week that, to be honest with you, uh, I didn't even know was going to be a thing. Uh, and so it, it turns out that uh, Juneteenth has become a national holiday. And uh, before this week, I'm sure a lot of people hadn't even been uh, familiar with it, though, you know, a lot of people in the black community have probably known about it for a while, even though when I grew up, they really didn't talk about it uh, very often. So I want to start with you, uh, Dr. Paul, is um, can you explain what Juneteenth is and, and, you know, why we right now probably are in in this uh, sense celebrating it from now on? Well, it's it. It's on June 19th in 1865. Uh, you had in Galveston, Texas, was the arrival of Union. I think it was, I always forget if he's a Brigadier General or General Granger, I do believe, mm-hmm. who arrived there and informed the people, the, the enslaved people, and those who are holding the enslaved people of the Emancipation Proclamation, which was done in January. I can't remember the exact date. I think January 3rd, 1863. So this is over two years. They did not know in Texas and in some other parts that enslaved people had been freaked because the Emancipation Proclamation did not end slavery. What it did it ended slavery in the states that were rebelling against the Union. It wasn't until the 13th Amendment was ratified, I believe September of 1865, is when slavery ended. Right. So Juneteenth isn't the end of slavery. It is the, in some ways, it's a celebration, yet, as my older brother, who's a history retired professor, would say, it's also kind of a sad event that here were people working as slaves, being slaves, when they did not need to be. And you can think conspiracy, controversies on why it took so long to inform them. Was it because Texas, they were trying, was the union trying to give a nod to Texas to let them get their crops in? Was it just trying to placate people? You know, there's all kinds of rumors and stories that have gone in. But early on in Galveston, there were these celebrations of when the news got to them. But there's other places and other um, municipalities that have had celebrations, not just with Juneteenth, but when the news reached them. So, like, I think in Tennessee and Knoxville, there's, I think it's in, I, wanted, I think it's in August mm-hmm. is when it is. And there's other places, because it reached other places in different times. So this, in this way... Even though the slaves were free, not everybody was uh, honest enough to tell them that they they no longer have to live a life of uh, of ser- indentured servitude. Exactly, and actually, one of the things in the announcement in Galveston, they actually said, "For you now, freed people, the best thing is to stay in your homes." <laughs> right. Yeah, and 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 work and work it out with the people who had been not paying you to now do it for pay. Whatever that could be. So, Darlene, yeah. if, um, you know, 
when you knowing the origin, what what were your thoughts about um, you know first first of all I should ask you when did you learn about Juneteenth because like I said I didn't learn about it until I was an adult and growing up in Chicago in our schools and I went to an all black school with some very smart teachers we never learned about it. I learned about Juneteenth in two thousand and three. Wow! And that was literally a year after I moved here to Salt Lake. Uh, Miss Betty Sawyer, who is my mentor, and I just look up to her 100%, has um, ran or she has through the Juneteenth celebration here in in Utah. And Ogden is also down here in Utah. And the very first Juneteenth celebration I went to was at the city county building on um, 400 South, right across mm-hmm. from the, the library. That's when I learned of Juneteenth, 2003, when I moved here to Utah. <laughs> from where? From Ohio. Yeah. And like you, I also had some phenomenal teachers. I even had an African-American um, history teacher. Never heard of Juneteenth. My family is from Alabama. My mother and father are from Alabama. Never heard of Juneteenth. It was not something that we had celebrated. But like you, I did not see this coming. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden we wake up and the Senate has passed the Juneteenth to make Juneteenth a national holiday. And we knew, I mean, when I saw that, I knew it was going to pass because it was going to pass the House because the Democrats couldn't control the House. And I can't see the Democrats not voting for it. So when I saw it pass the Senate, I was blown away. Absolutely. I, I did not see that coming. I had I have no idea where that came from. No idea whatsoever where that came from. I think they, they just like, okay, we're going to work on this, and you guys are not going to know what we're doing. It was a pleasant <laughs> surprise. It was right. a it was a pleasant surprise because since I learned of Juneteenth and started to to research and study Juneteenth, it is a holiday that we should know about. But it mm-hmm. also reckons back to the other unfortunate celebration or remembrance, I should say, that we just had, which was the one hundredth anniversary of the Tulsa Tulsa race massacre. Oh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, yes. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Now, that's another one that many of us grew up not knowing anything about. Including the people from Oklahoma. And uh, Dr. Paul, you spent some time there, right? That's where I was born. In, but I I knew about it. I knew about that in Juneteenth because of my family history. And my, I was mentioning my oldest brother. He actually was part of, he worked with the the Tulsa, not the Centennial Commission, but the Tulsa Commission that was put in place in 1996 or 1997, I believe. Um, and so as a little kid, yeah, I'd heard about and knew about some of the stories of it. So, you know, when I when I look at this, and we only got about a minute to go in this particular segment, I, I'm i like, Darlene, you know, I, I'm kind of dumbfounded because, A, I didn't know they were working on it, but then that they did it so quickly. This is the Congress who has not been able to pass a balanced budget amendment in forever. In fact, getting budgets <laughs> has been a difficult thing for them. They've, they've uh, had people be on furlough for you know weeks at a time. And somehow, somehow this divided Congress we have, which has been you know just a, a nightmare for, for years, came across something that 
to us uh, as as African Americans, it, it is meaningful. But just the same, there there are so many other issues that are even more important than this. But they they did it so willingly. I'm 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 happy, proud. And suspicious. kind of and angry, <laughs> suspicious and angry at the same time. How, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. You know? I got I got yep. all these feelings I, I I have to reconcile. But I guess in some ways I'm I'm grateful, but in some ways I'm I'm still like you say suspicious is the word. I like that. That's, that's the word. <laughs> when we come back, I want to talk about the the ramifications of this and and what are the pluses and minuses of having yet another federal holiday. I'm here today with uh, Dr. Paul White. He's a social psychology professor at the U of U. And uh, Darlene McDonald, who is an author and longtime activist uh, here in Utah, and I'm grateful to have them with us today. You're listening to Voices of Reason. We are back with the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason, speaking today with uh, Darlene McDonald. She is a social activist and author and uh, University of Utah social psychology professor, Dr. Paul White, friend of our show. Amy's out this week. So today, this week we are going to, we're talking about uh, the passage of the Juneteenth bill that uh, made uh, June 19th a federal holiday. And, uh, you know, Dr. Paul, we, we talked about how we're, uh, uh, Darlene and I are kind of, you know, dumbstruck about this whole thing happening so quickly. But uh, you, you feel like you have an explanation as to why this may have happened? Yes, and if you, it, because last year, um, if you with when the protests were going on with um, the killing of George Floyd and others, they talked about it then. You know this idea of Juneteenth and parts in a bizarre way. Uh, the first presidential rally that Trump, Mr. Trump, wanted to have. If you remember, it was going to be the. I do believe it was going to be on Juneteenth. In Tulsa, wow! And so the race massacre, the Juneteenth, all this, and he, and they were claiming they had no clue about it. And then all of a sudden, of course, they were saying, "Well, well, I've made." He was saying, "I've made Juneteenth famous," which, yeah, not really. <laughs> right, yes. But, um, but so they came close. They were going to try to make it a federal holiday last year, and it was, I think, it was Senator Ron Johnson, and a, maybe a second senator were put a hold on it. This time when it went through the Senate, he decided to not put the hold on it and it was by unanimous consent. Oh nice. Okay. So well. that's how they were able to get it through so fast because it was one person was going to hold it up and he said, I'm not going to this time. Interesting that so Darlene, you mentioned that, you know, as proud as we are that this has happened, you find suspicion in how this happened. What what are your reasons for that kind of trepidation? Because of the current climate that we're in, especially with the disinformation around the whole issue of critical race theory, and you have states such as Texas that are actually trying to pass laws to ban teachers from even teaching about racism. So now you have a a federal holiday called Juneteenth, that is a holiday because of slavery. And at the same time, you're trying to get teachers to not teach about slavery or racism. So 
it doesn't fly with the moment that we're in. It, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect. And like, do you believe it or do you not believe it? So I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy that it happened, but it also like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, is the other, when is the other shoe going to drop, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, one of, one of my thoughts is, uh, again, I, I, I do have this, this conf, uh, conflicting uh, emotions about it in that, you know, I, I am proud that people recognize something that is meaningful, not just to, uh, to, to people of African-American descent, but to our country as well. You know, it, it, again, I always say everybody in the United States should visit New York City because New York City is the best we have and the worst. And, you know, it's, it's all of those things. <laughs> And, and that's okay because you know it's 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 still home it's still the United States but we we can see the the dichotomy in that place. Similarly, in this case for this bill, it is certainly good, but it also has some drawbacks. And I wanted to talk about some of those drawbacks. One of the first things, and and some people will disagree with me on this, we have plenty of holidays to get days off of work. At, at this point now, we're we're up to almost one a month because we got eleven. <laughs> uh, and and now uh, with the potential, because I think the one that we could be doing, it, there should be national uh, holiday for election day, which yep. would, uh, which to me, as much as I love Juneteenth and and the fact that it's now this holiday, I am re- uh, I feel that we're remiss for not having it uh, that same energy, that same willingness to have election day become a national holiday. That that should have superseded this, and then we could revisit this at some other time. So I want to get both of your perspectives on that. So, so Dr. Paul, you know, kind of, I know I just kind of throw this out at you, but I, I would ask, what do you think of the idea that though this is a good holiday, could, could something else have been done? Or do you feel like this is w- what you would like to have seen? Well, actually, I would like to, I do I do want Juneteenth to be a national holiday, federal holiday. I don't want all the sales that I've, I started even a few years ago when people were talking about this. I wish, you know, the idea of, you know, I can see some of the you know the horrible, horrible ads that can come out for, you know, you know buy a come down to the mm-hmm. mattress hut and right, buy right. a buy a mattress from the you know that that will make the masters even right you know be jealous of you that right, kind, right. you know that kind of stuff. I could see that. I I would like to see. Yes, I would like to see the election be a national holiday, and I'll give you I'll. Uh, I don't want to take away. Because I want Juneteenth. Let's get rid of Columbus Day. Okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Think about it. I yes. mean, the juxtaposition of those two, I mean, it really is like, why are we celebrating Columbus Day? Um, yeah. So, but it, I, my, my, I mean, I joke about the ads and stuff, but my fear is that it will become almost like, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. Uh, where it becomes this, oh, well, you know, companies come out saying, oh, yeah, and you already probably saw Jose Sharks, the hockey team, yeah. did a poster with a shark biting through shackles. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's trivializing it already. And it's that kind of, that's that's my big fear. Is And it's like, oh, you've had Juneteenth, like Darlene saying, had Juneteenth, why are you trying to get in? It's weird. We're having a little bit of trouble with the, the cell call on that, so hopefully we can get that worked out in a second. But Darlene, so your thoughts about doing this, and, and 
What, what would you like to have seen, or is this what is, is this good for you? I, I actually have um, a lot about this, a lot of thoughts on this one. Ironically, two minutes. Okay. <laughs> ironically, <laughs> when Juneteenth, uh, when they began the celebration of Juneteenth, which was the day of Jubilee, it was a voter registration day. So it was tied into the enfranchisement of Afri- of the freedmen, the new freedmen. And we we also know what happened later on when the states passed all of the disenfranchisement and voter registration. Yeah. Yes, but when the the free the newly freed slaves um, did use Juneteenth as a voter voter registration day, I do agree that it would have been nice to have tied those two things together. Mm-hmm. I know that the Senate is currently working on a compromise with Senator Manchin on um, a voter. Um, Election Day um, national holiday. So that is something that was in the mansion bill as a compromise. It, it, it seems like it's going to go flat right now. For some reason, it, it's not working. But I, I disagree with you on that we have too many holidays because the United States as a whole, as when you look at us and compare to our European friends and brothers and sisters, it is nothing for them to get a month off. It very seldom does the average worker in America actually get a day off. Federal federal employees will get the day off, and the bank will be closed and we'll be mad because we can't go deposit our checks. Well, that's because we should be using the Internet now, <laughs> should, but that's another exactly. story. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But the average worker don't get a, a day off. Um, we were actually just informed today via email. My my boss, our CEO, did tell us we would it would be a paid holiday for for us, but the average worker will not get that day off for work. So I I disagree that we have too many days off. I okay. think we we need to have more days off, take care of ourselves, mental health, and not worry about. Working us to death. <laughs> you know, and, and again, when I said that, I knew a lot of people would be like, is he crazy? You're like, I, I can't have enough days off, right? So when we come back, I, I, I want to kind of further this discussion as to what can we do to make America uh, more enlightened? Uh, what can we do to find a way that we can galvanize the positive attributes this country has rather than kind of uh, allow our differences to, to divide us so deeply. I'm speaking today with uh, author and social activist Darlene McDonald, along with University of Utah social psychology professor Dr. Paul White. You're listening to Voices of Reason. back with the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. Today speaking to uh, Darlene McDonald and Dr. Paul White. Uh, we started this off talking about Juneteenth, and I kind of want to uh, expand on that theme a little bit. You know, uh, again, Darlene was kind of right out of the money with this uh, idea of being suspicious. But, you know, that's because, and, and I was complaining how Congress never does anything, but they were able to do this in, you know, in a week. What I would like to see uh, is more issues like this where they can work cooperatively, and we all benefit from it, right? Because as, as Americans, the one thing we, we, we used to believe in was we could find compromise, but that's you know, year after year after year, that seems to be uh, less and less true. But I, I'm wondering, what, could be, what can we do uh, going forward to have more moments like this, where even if we are a little suspicious, 
we're still pretty uh, happy with the outcome in that, you know, our country has done something that we hope will have a positive impact on how we feel about being Americans. So, uh, Dr. Paul, do you have any ideas on that? Well, I mean, to echo kind of what you and Darlene have been saying, especially Darlene has been hitting on, is the idea of if you think about if we were to make the election day each year an national holiday and use that time in schools, in other situations, to talk about civics, talk about service to our country and to our fellow citizens and non-citizens, the people who are visiting here, the, um, you know, the unauthorized immigrants, other people who are within our communities, trying to make it to focus on those kind of issues. That's one of the things with um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day is the, you know, that day of service. Because I actually liked one of one of the things that President Biden said when at the signing of this is you know that great countries you know look at both the good. It's not that we just ignore the bad or just focus on the good. It's we look at both because we want to grow, we want to learn, we want to become better. And I think if we can engage in more activities along those lines, um, that would that would help. That would be a benefit not just to us, but I think to as a that truly beacon around the world. Darlene, your thoughts on that? Hmm. I love that <laughs> smile you have. You're, like, you're thinking about something happy. You know that question really, I really resonated with me. It really did because it really speaks to who we are or who we say we are as Americans. Mm-hmm and what this country is supposed to be founded on. I think how we come to really get to know each other and grow from this, as Dr. White just said, is to understand our history and to really learn our history, not to place blame or shame, but to really understand how this country was founded, the promises of this country, and how we can be that better nation, that more perfect union that we have always aspired to be. It is right there. It is written. We have been, since 1776, aspiring to be that more perfect union, and we're not there yet. And why are we not there yet? And part of the reason why we're not there yet is because most of us didn't know about Juneteenth. Most of us didn't know about the Tulsa race massacre. And there are so many others just like that that many of us just don't know because it has been hidden from us. It has been whitewashed. It had been just shielded from us knowing because We didn't want to know the truth of how this country was founded and how we get to equality for all. And the only way to get to equality for all is to embrace the past, learn from it, and grow together. Together. We have to want to do this together. And that was the reason for the smile. It's not... 
it's not hard. The fights that we're having right now, and the top of mind is the fight that we're having about critical race theory and it's going to lead to blame and shame. That is not the purpose, but that's the fight that we continue to have, and it prevents us from reaching that more perfect union. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why we can get there together if we're honest with ourselves first and with each other. We can get there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, I, I, bravo, that, that speaks in, in a lot of ways to so many things, but in truth— one of the things that we, we lack is the willingness to embrace even our flaws, right? Yes, And yes. so, you know, it's like I was bringing up before. I mean, as an American, uh, I can love much of what we are. Like your family. I'll just use that as an example. We all have people in our family <laughs> we don't want to have nothing to do with, right? Or we want to see them as little as possible because though we, they're our family— or, you know, they're kind of sketchy, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to embrace them, too, because they're still your family. They're still, and that's what, that's what I'm talking about here. You know, just because we have some, uh, some things that we might be ashamed of in our past does not mean we have to carry that into the future with that same kind of shame. We could say we can learn from that. We can say we could acknowledge it, uh, even apologize for it if, if we are true to ourselves, but then say, I'm going to do whatever I can. We are going to do whatever we can to become better. Yes. Use that as a learning experience rather than as some shameful uh, incident that, you know, or, or period in our lives that we can never overcome. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's going to take that kind of resolve, that kind of um, what's a positive attitude is what, what it really comes down to because nobody says that you have to be the, uh, always the worst act you've ever committed. Now, save from murder and, you know, uh, some other craziness. But if you have fallen short, but you can pick yourself up and say, you know what, I am sorry, I'm going to do better, I'm going to work to, to become better and uh, make up for whatever you know, damage I may have caused. If you can do that, that's all anybody can ask. And as a country, if we can you know, bring ourselves together to say we're going to work together to become better, then that's, that's all we can do. And I just wonder, Paul, so what does it take to even begin to try to do that? Well, I mean, one of the things, and I mean, it 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 is that it's being, you know, said it's being honest. It's being it's being able to look at yourself in the mirror, and and embrace the flaws, not just cover up the flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I when when this passed, I predicted uh, the vote was going on. I predicted we'll have politicians who will embrace did this great thing for Juneteenth. On one hand, on the other hand, sit there and go, but we can't have we can't have diversity training. We cannot have critical race theory. We cannot have these other things because they, you know, it's it's dividing us. It's pushing this guilt issue, uh, and they're not seeing the connection between. It, I, I made the joke of, you know, it's like oh, that's you know, a lot of people did. It's like oh, that's great. We've got Juneteenth. Now we can't. But we can't explain why it's there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that's and it's true. it, and it's taking it's taking that step back and going. You know, not everything has to happen to you or for you, in order for you to be proud or have, you know, some some kind of yeah. It is kind of like basking in reflective glory mm-hmm. of others. You know, so Juneteenth being there, that doesn't mean all these other things that. 
you know, is now everything's wiped slate, the slate's clean. We can, uh, well, okay, sorry, just realized another one. It's, 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 you know, with your physical body, you can look at your past and see how your diet, exercise, and other things have affected your physical body. It doesn't mean you ignore it and then just say, well, that was in the past. I'm just going to keep on. If you really want to be healthier physically, mentally, you need to see where you've dipped down, where you've fallen short. Then you can know where to improve. Because mm-hmm. if you ignore it, you know, if I ignored the fact that I can eat, you know, eating bags of chips you know, <laughs> and think, oh, I could still be healthy, it's like, no, I, this is a flaw. This is why I'm eating them. This is what's happening. Let me change that. Right. When we come back, I want to uh, continue our discussion and how we can become a more enlightened and, and better place. But, I mean, we, we still have Congress to contend with, so it may take a little while. <laughs> You're listening to Voices of Reason. We are back with the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. Today speaking with author and social activist Darlene McDonald and University of Utah social psychology professor and friend of our show, Dr. Paul White. And in this segment, we wanted to uh, kind of uh, wrap up our discussion by asking, you know, wh- where, where, where do we go forward? And so, Darlene, you had some thoughts you wanted to share? I, I do. I think one of the best things that we could do is to recognize that we are Americans. We are all Americans, and we love this country. And when we engage with one another, we can assume the best intent, not the worst intent, that we all want what is best for the country and for each other, as well as for ourselves. I understand that we live in a time when politically we are divided and we distrust each other especially each other's intent and love for the country in this word patriotism and who is a patriot. Mm. We are all patriots. We all love this country. It is okay to criticize the country when she does something wrong. That is okay. That doesn't mean that we are not patriots. It means there's something that we need to work on. When we are critical of something, even in our nation's past, that doesn't shine a a glowing light on us. It doesn't mean that we are putting down how this nation was founded. It is we are embracing truth. Our framers of the Constitution, they were slave owners. They they Mm -hmm. were imperfect men. But they were seeking something that they had escaped from the monarchy in England, and they sought to build this country based on their experiences under a monarchy, under a king in Europe. And this is what we have. And we are trying to preserve the democracy and democratic republic that we have spent hundreds of years fighting for and doing everything we can to continue the success of this democratic republic. So if we can do that with each other, assume our best intent, then we can go forward. I like that. So uh, 
that that's a great idea of, of having intent. So, uh, Dr. White, how do you, you know, <laughs> politically speaking, particularly, you know, because we've had this divide that's been growing or it seems to have been. I don't know if we, we've had this one instance where we have been able to collaborate in a positive fashion. How, how do you get the sides to spend more of their time doing this collaboration and moving us forward rather than having this political divide? Or is that even something that we is too much to hope for? No, I think I think it is possible, and and it's it's getting people focused more on, and I like the way Darlene put it. It's patriot. It, you know, we talk about patriotism versus nationalism. It's party versus you know country versus party kind of thing. It's getting people to think about we are one. We are we are, but we are different parts. We have different views, and that's fine. I I urge people, and I know it's controversial, but I urge people to go look at the opening of the 1619 project that won the Pulitzer Prize last year by Nicole, or yeah, I think, or yeah, it was last year, yeah, Nicole, Nicole Hannah um, Jones. Jones. Yeah. Uh, that her opening, the opening paragraph, the opening parts of it talked about her dad, yeah, and how he raised the American flag and saluted the American flag and taught them to do this every, every day. day. Yep. You know, we are flawed, yes, but that doesn't mean we're horrible. That doesn't mean we're we're you know, we're not beyond salvaging. The state I grew up in, Kentucky, with with Abraham Lincoln, United we you know, United we stand, divided we fall kind of idea. And I would say even here in Utah cannot cannot do this without giving a shout out to Representative Sandra Hollins. Right. She, uh, she, helped, yes. she, she pushed and got in Utah right. <laughs> Juneteenth Freedom Day in yeah. you know, 2016. She has been pushing and got slave, the term slave and slavery removed from the Utah Constitution. This is one black woman, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. She, she yes. was a marvel. Yes. So if that if if nothing else, that that shows you what we can do if we come together. And also, you know, dark, I'm thinking dark because you grew up in Cincinnati, right? Yes. Or Cincinnati area. Yes. Cincinnati, yeah, Ohio. I, <laughs> you know, the Queen City. Yes. Where that was the that was the north. And just thinking about you came to Utah of all places, and that's where you learned about Juneteenth. If that doesn't speak volumes, <laughs> what to, you know, what we can do. If we will take the effort, the time, and just that – it is that, almost like that heartbeat, five seconds even even or more of just realizing, as Darlene was saying, it's not everything is about bad intent. You know, what I appreciate about what you were saying too is, you know, it's you, – you, there has to be a willingness to trust, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's uh, – particularly as it relates to politics in America – it's uh, pretty hard to come by, though. I imagine just like they were able to do this now, they somehow you can find it if you want it. Yeah. If yeah. you really mm -hmm. want to, if you if uh, Ron Johnson is a senator from Wisconsin that you spoke about mm -hmm. earlier, you know, look, if if that guy can uh, work his into his mind that this is something to do, yeah. they all can. Yeah. They I all can. Agree. And so I still feel like we, the electorate, we have to push him to do more of that. Yeah. But. The, the notion is it's a, it's a representative republic, so you you can't always change people's mind who happen to be occupying those offices. 
but but what I do like from both of you is that you have optimism, which is more than Jason can say sometimes. <laughs> because I, I've been beat down by this so much, I, I don't know that I can be as positive as I would like to be. Though I I do know that from what I've seen over the years, there are times when the that American ideal of cooperation and thinking of the country first has won the day. I just would like to see more of those days. And 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 I'm I'm hoping that, you know, if, if that national election day it does happen, I I I will be happy then. Today I'm a little upbeat. I would love to be able to uh to know that our country has changed for the better for years to come yeah. by having a national election day. That uh that would that would be something something else. I'm going to give each of you uh you know a little less than a minute to uh say one last thing as to what this uh this moment in our history means to you. Starting with you Dr. Paul. I think it it shines a light. It is not the end. It is a step in the along those along that journey of getting social justice and I'll say kind of a community for all, if we can bring people, because as Vice President Harris said, and other people have said, some of my mentors have said, American history is black history, is black history is American history. And it's, I'm glad other people are learning about more of it. Darlene? Mm, I, I couldn't agree more. Black history is American history. And it's okay to embrace that. It, it really, truly is. I, this is this is a step in a, in a long road that we have to take, but it's a step. And as long as we are committed to the journey, then I, then we can get there. We can get there together. We have to get there together. Like like um, Dr. Paul, like the, um, Dr. White said, um, "Divided we fall, united we stand." It's we have to get there together. Um, but this is a step, and I'm encouraged. I, I'm encouraged. I really am. So keep working on. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that be the last word. Uh, Darlene McDonald, Dr. Paul White, thank you both for joining us. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm, I'm grateful that you guys have given me a little optimism. I'm hoping it does uh, dissipate too soon here. Join us again for the next episode of the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. If you have any comments about the show, please contact us via email at voramed at gmail.com or at vorjasonl at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at adonsports and at jasonlee1. Our show's Twitter handle is at vorpodcast. You can check out our Facebook page, and you can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast in all the places where you find interesting content. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback, and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time... I'm Jason Lee. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason. Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project.